بودكاست لونش اون فاير حلقه رقم 043 اول بودكاست كويتي متخصص ومهتم في عالم اداره الاعمال والمشاريع الصغيره والمتوسطه يقدم لكم محدثكم خالد الزنكي وهدفنا في البودكاست مساعده كل من يبي يدخل عالم اداره الاعمال والبزنس علشان ينجح والحلقه هذه راح تكون باللغه الانجليزيه and this episode will be in english language At the beginning, we'd like to say thank you to all companies and organizations supporting and sponsoring Podcast Launch on Fire, strategic sponsor, Ministry of Youth Affairs of Kuwait, and the joint venture sponsor, Ali Ghanim Sons Automotive, and the golden sponsors, Asnan Tower and Ryug Restaurant. And we'd like to say thank you to all the media sponsors as well, Senscape, The City Magazine, Al-Alami Magazine, and Kuwaitia Newspaper. Okay, let's get started with the second English episode in Launch on Fire Business Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce my guest today, Professor Paris Diltraz. Dr. Paris, are you ready for the launch of this episode? I am ready to launch. Awesome. How are you doing, doctor? I'm good. It's great to be in Kuwait. It's an honor to have you here, Dr. Paris. Dr. Paris teaches entrepreneurship in MBA, EMBA, and executive education programs at IE Business School, one of the best leading business school in Europe. And on the business side, he continued to be an entrepreneur and an angel investor with an extensive experience since 2002, starting six startups in banking, CRM, middleware banking softwares, sport marketing, advertising, video games, internet platforms, and renewable energy. Dr. Paris, I have given our listeners just a quick overview about you. Take a minute to tell us about yourself so our listeners get to know you better and give us an overview about your profession as well. Okay, thank you, um, Khalid. I'm, uh, as you said, a uh, professor of entrepreneurship at IE Business School. We are number one in Europe, uh, one of the top business schools in the world. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. I studied uh, mathematics and computer science, did my bachelor's and my master's work, and then I became an investment banker for 21 years. Uh, Then I became an entrepreneur for eight And lastly, the last five years, I've been a professor and academic uh, running the Venture Lab for the school. Awesome. Yesterday, we had an opportunity to have you meeting a Launch on Fire community. And one of the things that was, you know, an eye opener for us, a recent study about entrepreneurship and the comfort zone. Could you please talk about it for, for a minute, just introduce it to the audience and the listeners? Okay, yeah, this is a study that uh, began with my uh, PhD thesis about six years ago and has recently uh, involving UC Berkeley, a professor there, Iklak Sidhu, and also Mario Alonso Puch, uh, who's a well-known neurosurgeon, uh, in, um, a surgeon in, in Madrid, and now a speaker there. Uh, we have been working now for the last almost couple of years on the comfort zone uh, research. And essentially what it is, is the idea that as a person, you know, notice that I'm saying comfort zones, not comfort zone. You know, we're always thinking we have a comfort zone. Well, the reality is we have two comfort zones. We have a personal one and a professional one. And what we have established is what we call the comfort zone scale, which essentially moves you from P1 to P4 on the personal scale in terms of your level of comfort with uncertainty. So the more you are in, in situations that are uncertain, the more you're out of your comfort zone. So if you're a P1, you hate uncertainty in your personal life. And if you're a P4, you love uncertainty in your personal life. And then we also have the professional uh, comfort zone scale, uh, scale, which is W1 to W4. If you're W1, 
you're pretty nerdy. You don't like, you know, you know you're, you're like I was, a mathematician, a computer scientist. And if you're W3, W4, you're like an entrepreneur because these are people that embrace uncertainty. You know, entrepreneurs see opportunity and uncertainty while most people see fear. So we've, we're using this scale uh, to see where you are. For example, you know, when I was in college, I was a P1W1, complete nerd in my personal life and very nerdy in my professional life. Mm -hmm. uh, today, I'm 54 years old. I'm a P2W4. Uh, I love uncertainty in my uh, professional life. I embrace it. Uh, and I'm still pretty nerdy in my personal life. Well, that's interesting because most of the people, they think that they have only one comfort zone. And right now we are saying they have two. So how can we differentiate between the two? Because most of the people, they have kind of really, you know, intersection between them or it's kind of similar. They, they, they deal with people and they interact in business and the profession and they have the similar expectation for personal relationships and business relationships. That's a very good point. Um, you see, essentially what happens is that we use our personality, our way of our character as an excuse to not develop ourselves professionally. So if we're introverts or we're uh, you know, a little insecure about speaking in public or we're nerdy or geeky or whatever, we think that we can't be like you know, kick-ass salesmen in our professional lives. And the reality is that they're not connected. You know, six years of this research, 155 people we studied uh, over six years in 22 companies, we came to the conclusion that we have two comfort zones, that you can be a nerd, that there is no correct answer on the P scale. And this is a very important message, especially for people here in the Middle East, because you know, you've got economies that are growing, you've got people that wanna become entrepreneurs, they want the Silicon Valley mentality, but they don't want necessarily a Hollywood person that might go with that mentality. So this is a very important message. I was last uh, year, at the end of the last year in Tunisia, and I was speaking to a group of 400 people, about half of them were women, three quarters of the women were fairly uh, traditional a Muslim they were covered and when I gave this message one lady got up in front of everybody and she said professor thank you I'm 35 years old all my life I've been you know wanting to be an entrepreneur I'm now getting there but at the same time all my life people have been telling me that I need to change as a person that I need to let my hair down that I need to you know get out of my comfort zone me uh, be more modern be more this you know the media everybody is telling me that I need to change you're the first person that has said to me, you don't need to change. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, I said, are you happy? And she said, I'm very happy. Well then, you know, don't change. You know, and this is a very important message because there's a lot of people in the Middle East, a lot of people all over the world that are fairly traditional, they're fairly introverted, they have very small comfort zones on a personal level. Why should you change if you're happy? You know, all we're saying, if you're a nerd, don't act like a nerd in public. Mm -hmm. You can be a nerd at home, but everybody should be striving to be what we call W3s, W4s, you know, totally comfortable with uncertainty because mm -hmm. the reality is that the world, the business world is effectively more and more uncertain every day. And we are awesome. being trained for a predictable world. So the only way that you're going to survive, the only way that you're going to do well in companies like Google who want people to think out of the box is if you really become comfortable with uncertainty, get out of your comfort zone all the time. And then in terms of who you are as a person, it doesn't matter. If you're happy, stay where you are. You know, one of the things I, ha I have noticed and, and yesterday in the actually discussion with Launch on Fire community, uh, something was really an eye opener for me and for a lot of people. And you opened up our eyes into that. You said you cannot actually uh, 
teach a person to become an entrepreneur. Yes. And entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Totally. Uh, you don't teach people to become entrepreneurs. You teach them to think like entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and this is important. That's why we're saying people should become W3s, W4s. Uh, you need to teach people to think like an entrepreneur. And then some people will become entrepreneurs. But you know, becoming an entrepreneur is a big risk. You may have to mortgage your house, take a lot of risk. You might have a family, three kids. You know, no one should be telling you that you should be becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, an entrepreneur is someone who is committed, as passionate about a subject or an idea. Uh, these are people that their work feels good. They don't get tired from work. These are people that risk everything. These are the people that investors like to invest in. Mm -hmm. And that's not something you can teach. And, and most of the people, they escape eight to five jobs and they move into entrepreneurship because they think it's sexy and cool. Exactly. And a lot of those people fail because they're going into entrepreneurship for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to go into entrepreneurship because it's a calling. Okay. But the reality and what we're trying to tell people is that everybody should be thinking like an entrepreneur. And, you know, we've done, I think I mentioned yesterday, we've interviewed over 1200 people around the world in terms of where they are on this P and W scale. And what was amazing was to find that 80% of entrepreneurs and innovators that are W3, W4 are P1, P2s in their personal life. Hmm. Now this makes a lot of sense because you know we're looking for a balance in our lives. I'm a P2, a W4, I'm pretty nerdy in my personal life. But you know, it's that sort of feeling of, of, of being a little bit introverted and nerdy in my personal life that gives me the strength, the balance to go crazy in my professional life. I'm look at me, I'm here in Kuwait right now. I love mm -hmm. it. And for a quick visit as well, for and two, for three days. for a quick visit. I mean, tomorrow I'm in Amman, yesterday I was in Riyadh. So, you know, I think that the, the, there's a very important message here. And that's, you know, life is a balance. Everyone can strive to become a W3 and W4. Everyone must do that. And then everyone should realize there's no correct answer in terms of where you should be as a person. If you're happy, stay where you are. Don't let anybody tell you that in order to succeed today in thinking like an entrepreneur and you know, joining the 21st century in terms of the uncertainty of business, that you need to change who you are, your beliefs, your traditions, whatever you want to be. Now, I'm not telling people that they should I become P3, P4s, uh, agree but it's not for everybody. Based on my, Some of us uh, can't change. True. I 100% agree to what you said because of my observation in Kuwait scene and a lot of entrepreneurs that I met, they have kind of different comfort zones in doing business and they become totally different people that we met. So if you, if you meet a person in personal life, you see the same person in business and it's supposed to be the opposite. Totally the reality isolated. is that the, the opposite. I mean, look at Steve Jobs. What was he? Steve Jobs was a P1W4. You know, Steve Jobs inspired people like no one else could. He completely embraced uncertainty in his professional life. But in his personal life, he not only didn't like uncertainty, he denied it. That's really interesting, Dr. Paris. Let's talk about the most common biggest mistake that entrepreneurs do when they actually think of starting their own businesses or their startups. Well, that's a, a difficult question. But, you know, I, I think that the, one of the biggest mistakes they make is uh, to think they can sometimes do it alone. Mm -hmm. You know, investors invest in teams. They don't invest in brilliant ideas and average teams. They mm -hmm. invest in brilliant teams and average ideas for the most part. Awesome. This is about execution. So you should always be focused on your team. And in some countries that are very individualistic, like the Middle East, you know, you guys are fairly individualistic. 
uh, it's very important to stress the importance of the team. So most of the people, they usually think of starting a team, but the biggest challenge in working with the team, I guess, is the team management and leadership. So we'll go back again to square number one of selecting the right team in the place with the right idea that you have in order to have a better execution for the idea or the business. So what's your insight when it comes to team management, since we opened up the topic of really working with the team and team environment, especially in the Middle East, as you just mentioned, because it's kind of uh, individually driven, um, let's say, culture. Uh, one of the highlights of yesterday's topic and the questions that have been asked is scalability. So I want to have your thoughts about this as well. I think you hit it on the nail there. Uh, you know, the challenge in the Middle East is this team uh, sort of mentality, because if you're gonna scale, I mean, look at you here, you've got a great business, you know, mm -hmm. uh, tr tremendous. How would you scale this business? You would need a team around you. True. You know, because otherwise it just cannot scale. Now, you know, as you say, you know, in the Middle East, there's a lot of people who struggle with the idea of a team because there is this sense of individualism. There's a lot of passion to life. Um, so I think th the thing to do, I mean, it all goes back to leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that have visions. A leader is someone who has a vision and is able to get people to follow that vision. Now, the vision doesn't have to be your vision. You know, you can have, you can be working in a team with another person whose vision is the one you're following. The key thing here is to be able to inspire the people around you. And that's critical. And that's what more and more people need to learn in the Middle East, that team is important and inspiring others to follow you is critical. Uh, I think this goes back even to politics. You know, if you remember many, many years ago, uh, this part of the world had more leaders. True. You know, there were people like Nasser that inspired people to follow him. Nasser, if I remember, I mean, I wasn't, I was very young in those days, but he was like a real Arab leader. You know, there haven't been that many since then uh, that you can think of. And I think this part of the world needs more leaders uh, like that, people that can inspire. And that's something that, you know, applies to your businesses. You know, your companies need leaders that inspire teams. That is the only way they can scale on a global basis. And if you look at existing companies today that have done that, that's the way they've done it. Awesome. Paris, you've been working as well with entrepreneurs. So I'm sure you have learned a lot in dealing and trying to support entrepreneurs, if I'm not mistaken. And you've been an entrepreneur by yourself as well. So tell us about the most important lessons that you learned in dealing with entrepreneurs. You know, I think the, one of the most important lessons is the relationship that entrepreneurs should have with failure. You know, a lot of people take failure personally. I was an entrepreneur, I had five startups, and I failed in two of them. And someone asked me last night, you know, how did you feel after your first failure? It, it never appeared to me as a failure. You know, I got up and I went to the next one. And, you know, I don't think that no matter how many times I fail, it would make a difference to me. Because in my head, I see failure as learning. And this is a cultural thing. Uh, in some parts of the world, in Europe, I think in the Middle East, in particular in Asia, you know, professional failure is seen as personal failure. And this is what we got to stop. People have to start thinking, you know, about failure as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like to quote a, a friend of mine, Ali Partovi in Silicon Valley. He always likes to say, if you're going to fail, fail fast. 
Mm. Okay, because that's the key to surviving in the entrepreneurial world. You don't want to like beat a dog to death, as they say, where you have an idea that doesn't get there. And this is where the lean startup is so important. You got to try it. You got to validate it. If it works, you pivot. If it doesn't work, you pivot again and you keep pivoting. But at some point, you've got to realize that the thing doesn't work or not. Mm -hmm. And that's the best way to do that by actually validating the thing uh, or trying to validate it in the market. So I think a big advice for me for entrepreneurs uh, in this part of the world is if you're going to fail, fail fast and don't see failure as failure, it's learning. Awesome. Throughout your experience and as, as a professor as well in IE Business School, what are the best resources that you can advise the entrepreneurs to go and read about, let's say, lean startups or entrepreneurship in general? You know, there are a lot of books out there. Uh, I think The Lean Startup is definitely a, a book that I would recommend. Uh, Getting to Plan B is another book. You know, a lot of people thought that they could create business plans and you're always they were always going to work. Uh, there's a new book by the Kelly Brothers called Creative Confidence, which I strongly recommend. Uh, the Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck. Uh, and, you know, there's a new book coming out next year called uh, Comfort Zones mm. by uh, hopefully uh, myself and a couple of other uh, authors I mentioned, uh, mm. uh, Professor Sidhu and, um, and uh, Marilyn Sapuch. And, you know, these are books that I think help you open your mind, help you look at the world in a different way. And essentially, you know, being an entrepreneur is very lonely sometimes. So you need to read about other people's experiences, what they've done. Uh, you need to hear these stories. And this is why, like, the event you organized last night are so critical. And, you know, these 30 people that were there, they came out of there loving it because, you know, here you are in this part of the world to be able to hear, you know, what's happening in Silicon Valley and New York City and Madrid and all these places. You start to create something and then all of a sudden you realize, wow, I can make, I'm starting to sell this thing I created and I'm starting to realize I can make a living off of this thing I created. That's beautiful. One of the things that we talked about yesterday as well, it was valuable as well. Jason have highlighted it and yourself as well the importance of community of entrepreneurs in Kuwait or the Middle East, and it affects the, the level of success or trying to really uh, convince angel investors to the region. What's your thought about that? Yeah, the community is very important. Um, you know, what I mentioned yesterday is, you know, a lot of people are saying, what's different in Silicon Valley to, uh, to here and to many places? And I think one of the key differences is that in Silicon Valley, most of the people that invest in you, the angel investors, even the seed funds, these are people that used to be entrepreneurs. They built companies, they sold their companies, now they've got money and they're investing in building things. And some of them are still building things of their own and not just investing in things. So these people understand your mentality. So if we're gonna create an, an ecosystem here of entrepreneurs, we're going to need angel investors and seed investors who have who used to be entrepreneurs as well. The reality is that in Europe and in the Middle East, most of these seed investors that run these funds and the like, they're ex-bankers. These people don't think like entrepreneurs. So when you're talking to ex-bankers, and these people are thinking balance sheets and the like, it's much more difficult. So my advice is, if you're an entrepreneur here and you're a successful one, and yesterday there were several of those present, Reinvest in the community, build community, reinvest in helping other entrepreneurs to grow because no one understands them better than you do. You've been there before. True. Awesome. Dr. Paris, we reached almost the end of our episode today. Thank you so much for your valuable thoughts and ideas about entrepreneurship and comfort zone. Uh, what would you say and share with our listeners as a final say? Uh, I like to say that uh, this is my first time in Kuwait. 
And one of the things I've gathered from being here two days is that you guys have an incredible quality of life. I mean, this place is not too small, not too big. Uh, you know, it's a community. It really is a community. I've met a lot of people here. Um, and, it, you know, I've, in, I've been, been to a few, few places in the world that I've really sensed this sense of community. So I think you guys have tremendous potential because, you know, look at the world. A lot of the places in the world that, has, that have attracted entrepreneurs have great quality of life. And I think that's what you've got here. So, you know, keep going. Uh, I am sure that when we come back in a few years, as Jason said, five years from now, you're going to look back and say, wow, remember those days when we were growing? Uh, you'll have a really booming ecosystem here because you've got a great community. You've got a lot of funds available. Uh, you just need to keep going, keep persisting and keep the passion alive. Dr. Barris, what is the best way if our listeners are really interested in following you or actually contacting you to ask questions in their head they can share? Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Paris Delatraz, D-E-L-E-T-R-A-Z. I've got a group there called Accidental Quants where you can follow our, um, our, um, our research. Uh, I've got you know videos on YouTube where I talk about my passion and the like. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter, I'm at Paris, at Paris Delatraz. And you can reach me on my uh, my email. It's Paris, P-A-R-I-S dot Delatraz, D-E-L-E-T-R-A-Z, at I-E dot E-D-U. I'd be happy to receive your emails. Uh, you know, I'm running the app challenge now uh, around the Middle East where we're doing app competitions. Awesome. Go to ArabMobileChallenge.com and you'll see what we're doing. 11 countries around the Middle East. I spent 45 days in the Middle East last year. I mean, I love this part of the world. And I hope to be coming back a lot. And I definitely hope I can come back to Kuwait soon. We would love to have you again, Dr. Paris. On behalf of Launch on Fire team and our sponsors as well, we would like to thank you for, for your valuable time and really sparing us an hour or half an hour from your time to really share your thoughts and ideas with our listeners. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dr. Paris, for really being here and really connecting with us. Thank you. الحين وصلنا إلى نهاية حلقة اليوم من بودكاست لونش اون فاير المتخصص والمهتم في عالم إدارة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة. البودكاست موجود في الآيتونز وتقدرون تتابعون حلقاتنا وتسوون سبسكرايب من خلال برنامج بودكاست الموجود في الآب ستور لأجهزة الآيفون والآيباد والآيباد. بالإضافة إلى برنامج ستيتشر الموجود لكل الأجهزة أو عن طريق موقع البودكاست لونش اون فاير دوت كوم. وهم تابعوا حساباتنا في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي at launch on fire وإذا عندكم أحد مهتم في إدارة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة المتوسطة دزوا له لينك الموقع أو سووا له منشن في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي ونلقاكم إن شاء الله في الحلقة الجاية